All right, hello, and welcome back to the Procrastinate Podcast. Uh, this week, I have my second ever guest, Chuck Levine. How are we doing? Uh, we're going to talk about a number of things from golf outfits, like John Daly's crazy pants, Phil uh, Mickelson's calves. I well, love Phil Mickelson's calves. <laughs> we're also going to talk about uh, sports and sound bites, like greatest sound bites ever, greatest buzzer beaters ever, buzzer beaters you remember particularly. Okay. Also, we're going to get a little more serious and have a discussion about recent recent anti-Semitic issues that have gone on in Butler's campus. Uh, it's going to be my first time covering an actual serious issue, yeah. but I want to talk about it and I want to learn more about it. And who else to bring in but Chuck Levine? Yeah, I'm actually I'm really I'm really glad that you talked to me because uh, there's not a ton of places to get that sort of conversation happening because yeah. it's generally one of those really uncomfortable ones that mm-hmm. people don't really want to talk about but they want to sort of hear about. So yeah, happy to happy to get this, uh, this conversation rolling. All right, well I'm happy to have you. So are my like 12 fans. They're also happy to have you. Uh, let's get in the episode. Roll the intro. Episode 10! The Big 10. Uh, again, as I mentioned, first ever guest, Chuck Levine. Second ever. That's what I meant. Second ever guest, Chuck Levine. First male guest, if that matters. Uh, tell people who you are, Chuck, and also how you know me. Okay. Uh, hi, guys. My name is Chuck Levine. I am a junior here at Butler. I uh, Sports media, digital media production, which is technically, I guess, creative media and entertainment now. Yep. But I guess, I don't know. Um, I just study it. I don't know what it's called. Uh, I'm from Oakland, California originally, uh, but I go to school out here because I wanted to change and that's the best answer that I've given anyone across the last three years. Um, uh, see, the way that I know Matthew, we were in uh, COM 101 together with Joshua Joshua Uh So we were given speeches, which I think is probably... It's, it's an interesting way to meet somebody because we're all super vulnerable. Yeah. Because everyone's super uncomfortable the whole time and they're like, everyone's really stressed, we had to memorize things and like no one had ever memorized a speech before I don't think. Yeah. Um, speech no, classes are weird because nobody ever wants to give it. Exactly, speech. yeah. No one wants to be there but like we all sort of have to. Like yeah. it's required and just, you gotta do it at some point. We just muscle through it together I guess. Yeah. So that's why I met Matthew was in that class and then we ended up living together uh, sophomore year year with one other person that was in that class. Garvey was in that class. Yes, correct. Yeah. Even though he joined us in the second, second semester. semester. Still, yeah. But yeah, still part of the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, big 108 boys. Um, gang. Gang, gang. Matthew, fun fact, is the reason that I got into soccer. So the fact that I'm wearing a soccer jersey that I thrifted, uh, they're like a third division team now. So Thrifted it? Yeah. I think you told me that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I a good got time. this from Naptown. It's like 1996. This was the year that they got... Uh, they got uh, relegated? relegated from Bundesliga. Nice. So. Also, by the way, our shirt sort of match. It's yeah, bit. it wasn't planned, it's but uh, I'm here for it. One yeah. of my friends this weekend mentioned that all of my thumbnails have me wearing red clothing in them, or kind of red, like yeah. pink or dark red or red. Yeah. So I'm just gonna kind of keep it going Pizza and see what pain. happens. I like it. Okay. Uh, where would you like to start first? I really don't. Dude, let's jump in. I'm lo- I'm loving these golf fits. Okay. So. Earlier this week, I was scrolling through Instagram and I came across a post that had that said somebody got kicked off a golf course for wearing black socks. Oof. Yeah, just wearing black socks. Uh, and I wanted to talk about this because one, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Also, two, I'd like to talk about just the crazy fits we've seen in golf in the past. 
Um, myself, me, myself, I played four years of varsity golf uh, at my local country club, which I, I say country club, that sounds so pretentious, <laughs> but at my local golf course that wow. I happened to live on. Right. So I didn't really care at all. I would show up in basketball shorts. I think right. I wore flip flops for practice one time when we had a slow practice. Yeah. I did whatever I wanted to and I never got kicked off any golf course. Interesting. How do you feel about somebody getting kicked off a golf course for wearing just black socks? Okay. Or they had the other fit. I was, was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, if, if black socks is the reason that you're taking someone off a course, like you sort of need to reevaluate your dress code. A little yeah. Bit. Personally, I hate that there, there are dress codes in sports. I sort of understand it. Um, there, there used to be one in the NBA, mm-hmm. but thank God they got rid of that. Yeah. Um, very racially biased, but we don't have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean like. Considering all of the stuff that happened in like, I feel like the 80s and 90s had, yeah. were some interesting times for golf clothes. Yes, uh, definitely. And so, like, I'm not a huge golf guy, but I can appreciate fashion in, in any sense. Um, so, like, if black socks are where you draw the line, like, I mean, I'm glad I never go because my socks are always black. Yeah, uh, every, like, that's just, it's cool yeah. now, honestly. Yeah, black it, socks. Maybe faded out a little bit, but it's still, yeah. it's a part of culture now. Yeah, people wear black socks with a lot of clothes. It's it's just a known thing. Like, Nike is, it's one of their staple products, I guess. Right, exactly. So, do you want to delve into some fits? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so are we I'm going to rate, rate some fits. We can, we can rate them, just talk about them, whatever. Okay. We can give them a rating out of 10, might as well. Yeah. So, uh, up first is Sir John Daly. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Wow. I, he's, he's, known, wow. he's known for grip and rip it, his very rough and tough style. He actually has cancer now, fun fact. Okay. Um, he's first, always been known for- to John Daly, I guess. Yeah, what do you think? I really dig the pants. I love the pants. And I love that it's, I love that he went simple, but still bright with a yellow, yellow top. And yeah. that the yellow matches the, the pants. Yeah. I think that's really great. And I think the the color on the pants makes it like it that's not all yellow. Yeah. No, it's not like he's a walking banana. It makes up breaks but, up the monochromatic. Yeah, exactly. Um I love those pants. I it's also, like it's almost Zubaz esque. Yes. But like sort of like, I don't know, golf for whatever reason, the fact that he's wearing a belt and a tucked in shirt with it sort of just makes it feel more like Proper classes it yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Death classes it up for sure. Golf is known for being like a gentleman's sport, and I think that's why the guy got kicked off the course wearing just black socks. But yeah. I don't get it. Like, like was he wearing shorts, like khaki shorts and black socks? I I should have read more into it honestly, yeah. but uh, I just saw he got kicked off with black socks, and the screenshot was a guy wearing shorts with black socks and shoes. So I think the black socks is what got rid of him. Interesting. Um, I think it golf was definitely a dying sport. I think you could say that. It's it, yeah. It's, it's really only relevant old, when it's an old man sport. Yeah, sure. it's only relevant when Tiger Woods is doing well. Yeah. And Tiger Woods is old man. Right. So if they want to make it more appealing to people, they should open the doors a little bit. I yeah, think. absolutely. And John Daly was one of the first guys to really make it go like redneck. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, yeah. his skin tone I think really makes yeah. this outfit. I was he's so say, red. The fact that he's reason. so red and not like <laughs> I don't know why he's yeah. so red. He's just sunburned. And then I the guess. glasses make him even more red. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen like people's like golf hat tan? No, but I understand. Like I, I'm imagining how funny that is. I'm. We're about to figure out the Google it. Like, like the Scottish hat sort of thing. Look at Yo, this. This this guy. That's so 
gross. I believe it's Stuart Sink. He's been bald for a long time and always yeah. wears a golf hat, and you have just a literal perfect white line. That's disgusting. And look at that. Like, are you? I don't know. Are you putting these pictures up in post? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because these are y'all. These are gross. Like. I understand, like, I had a really bad sock tan. Me too, dude. Because I, oh I used to wear the same, like, ankle socks Don't every day. Me. Every day. So then, like, I would take my socks out. Like, I was at summer camp walking mm. around in flip-flops. And I'm like, nice socks, bro. Like, not even. Oh, God. That's yeah. the worst. And I had the same same thing. I had a bro tank tan. Like, not, not like a thick shoulder. Like, mm. a skinny shoulder tan line. Like, I would, you know, be walking in the shower or something. Someone's like, oh, nice shirt. Like, <laughs> Not so, wearing it, but that's uh, that's kind of just the struggle of being pasty white. Yeah, yeah. It's something we, we definitely we we, but we both have experience with. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, the sun has never been my friend. Uh-uh. Uh, I typically try and avoid the sun. Definitely social distance from the sun. Fuck that. Always. The sun is not on my team. All right, let's yeah. go back to some fits. Yes, let's get let's get back into golf here. Okay, another John Daly. See, fit. that's he's he's really on. I I don't want to make the joke here, but he's really on par. With these, I I think it's fitting pants. Do the pants and shirt? I love that the shirts are always like loud in color but not patterned, and so they just sort of go with the pants, yeah. which are clearly the centerpiece of the outfit. I definitely agree. They accept, they accentuate the pants with the color. Yeah, yeah. And then I love the white shoes in this one. He was wearing black shoes in the last one, but the white shoes uh, with the black bottoms are making it stick out a lot. It's almost like boots <laughs> Like you said, you know, one of the first people to make a golf redneck is like cowboy boots with uh ribbon cigs. Yeah, dude. Grip and ribbon. And again, the colorful ribbon. glasses. Yeah. John Daly, he's a big boy, but is he knows he, how to dress a natural it. blonde. I think so. He's okay. always had he used to have the the mullet back in the oh, day. Oh really? Yeah, dude. He was fresh from day one. Okay. Oh, here's wow. more. Here's here's a modern John Daly. As I was gonna say, Griffin Sigs, Griffin Clubs, and then his Those pants. Pants, man. Yeah, his pants. I, I zoom wish. In. Oh my God, he's got SpongeBob, SpongeBob and Patrick, and with the Puma cleats, pink pink, pink Puma cleats. These pants are so hard. See, that's the thing. Is like I look at athletes all the time and think, like I, you know, the way that they dress is so dope. But I could never just like go to class in in. SpongeBob and Patrick pants, especially to a golf course like when where people are getting kicked off wearing black yeah, socks. People are getting kicked off wearing black socks. John Daly's out here ripping cigs with a bleach blonde mullet. Like I don't know if he's naturally blonde. Not that blonde. Not that blonde. There's no way. Um, bleach blonde mullet, ripping cigs. Boys got pink, pink puma cleats to match Patrick on the pants. Pink shirt too. Pink shirt. There you go. Like if if you're getting kicked off wearing black socks and there are people out there looking like that. I'd like, I can't, I can't take something's whatever, wrong. Whatever course that was, I can't take it seriously. I think John Daly, he's just in the, he's like a part of the culture, so they just accept him for being John Daly. That's the thing, is like, even if he's the exception to the rule, like, people are happy to have him there because it's him. Yeah. And so, like, they're not going to kick John Daly off for having exactly. crazy stuff. He's, he's like, even if that's what's setting a precedent in someone like Black He's got, like, gotten past the rule. So, you know, have you ever heard of Payne Stewart? Maybe not. No. Okay, well, he was a golfer in, I believe, the 80s and 90s. Okay. Uh, and he was known for wearing, like, really old-style pants and, like, knickers and everything. Yeah. Like, this is one of That's his fits. Awesome. He's got the plaid knickers awesome. with the white on white with the bright red hat. Yeah. This is the kind of hat you were talking about, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I think so. What do you think of this fit? Dude, okay. I res- Here's a really good one. That's the thing. It's like, I respect 
Can I swear? Am I really yeah. allowed to swear? Okay. I respect the shit out of that because he does it with so much consistency. Yeah. It's not like... It's not he like did it every time. Like, right, that's the thing. thing. Exactly. It's like, that's his thing. So that being his trademark thing of just, you know, old looks like that, Yeah. go for it. That's awesome. I think, and he, um, he had this theme of wearing NFL outfits. Like, here's a Giants fit, then here's a Redskins, Redskins fit. And then here's a Chiefs, yeah, Washington football team now. Here's a Chiefs one. Yeah. So he like. I even, really like that the blue, the one that we were like the blue and yellow before. The, oh, this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like sort of Everton looking. Yeah, I got um, the. They don't have a yellow, but I get what you're saying. They, no, they do. They do this they year. Do. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, and they they used to mm-hmm. in the in the 80s, 70s. Everton's a big big yellow shirts for away shirts usually, but. I like the teams though. I like. Yeah, I like. The, it's like another level. Yeah, and like. It's it's so coordinated that it's almost over coordinated, but that's what makes it though. Yeah, because like it's it's so there's so much that I've learned that's like you know you don't have to wear a white t-shirt and white shoes, but like you know if I'm like I think when I'm wearing shorts I think about it more because you can see my socks. Yeah. So if I'm wearing like a white t-shirt, mm-hmm. then like I don't really want to wear white socks. But I feel like I have to wear white socks, but yeah. I shouldn't wear white shoes because that means too, too much. much. So it's like like that, like it's too much, but it almost like that's what makes it so Yeah, great. I think it's because of the knickers and the whole outfit. Yeah. It, it's because the outfit on its base is so over the top with yeah. the long, high socks, the exactly. tight socks, and the knickers right above the, below the knee. Right. That he's doing like 1930s in terms of the clothing, but yes. the color and the style is totally 80s. I think it works. He somehow pulls it off. I don't know how. Yeah. He won a few major championships too. He was a very proficient golfer. Yeah. No, like that's that's awesome. We didn't that get any of these like an Arsenal kit. Like yeah. that looks like an old Arsenal kit. Oh um, that's something we should have done. Old kits. That would yeah. be good. Oh well. Um we didn't give these any ratings, but Yeah. I mean here look, this John Daly, John Daly, grip it and rip it, it's like it's, it's hard to say that's not a ten every It's time. like a John Daly out of ten. Yeah, exactly. John Daly out of ten. And looking at Payne, Payne Stewart, Stewart, I give it like seven out of ten John Daly's. But like, if okay, we're just fair. going, if we're going just overall like synchronicity of the fit, like that's a ten. Like I, I gotta agree with you. You can't go wrong. That's class. That's oh class. That is guaranteed class every time. Uh, fun fact, yeah. not so fun fact. Okay. He actually tragically died in a plane accident. Okay, wow. Well, <laughs> but in he, peace, he's but. a major championship winner. Yeah, man. And he did it inside. Fresh to death. So. Remember forever. Yeah. Now onto a very important era, and this is where we can expand it beyond golf. Yeah. The baggy area era. Yeah. Wow. Tiger Woods. This is when he's like parachute pants. For real. He used to have these uh, steel shaft eye driver that he would hit like 300, 320 yards yeah. when nobody was hitting it that far while wearing these baggy pants. Just a statement. Yeah. Was, was everyone else wearing baggy pants, or is he the first sort of baggy pants guy? Well, you see, I googled golf baggy pants era, and I didn't really get anything to come up other than Tiger Woods. Okay. But I swear other people did it, Yeah. Tiger Woods is obviously the most famous. Right. Yeah. So. That makes sense. See, here's the thing. It's like, what sort of confuses me about Tiger Woods' fit here specifically is that, like, this shirt isn't skin tight, but it's not that baggy. Yeah. It's still pretty trim. Yeah. In terms of, you know, making him look athletic. But like the pants is just like, it sort of feels like, you know when you're a kid and you get one thing that's really cool, so you wear the one really cool thing, yeah. but then you have everything else that you have to deal with, it's yeah. like, well, my pants are my pants, but it's the shirt though. Yeah. The shirt is pretty fresh. <laughs> but um, the shirt though. But the shirt though. Is it Ralph though? Um, 
So yeah, the pants. I mean, that's just like if you can do it all baggy, like you know, like the two thousands era draft suits. At, like, yes, the NBA draft. like Drew Gooden's or yeah. Drew Gooden's. Yeah. yeah. So like all those big boxy suits. Look like a Minecraft character. Honestly. Yeah. 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 So it's like if you're gonna go for it, go all the way. But like, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Like in golf. I don't know, you don't, not that you don't need your legs, so like your power comes from the hip and everything, mm-hmm. uh, in the way that like baseball turn, swings, yeah, yeah. but yeah. like, I don't know, I just don't see the benefit to wearing that, I mean, unless I it's comfortable. Like, I don't either, I don't know, uh, I think it's just Tiger being Tiger, maybe? Yeah, that's <laughs> fair, because Tiger, like, Tiger was the first guy with the red polo, like. He, yeah, he was the first, other than maybe Payne Stewart, the first guy yeah. to have like, a signature item. Yeah, a signature clothing, look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from one goat yeah, to, to another. See, that's the thing. Michael rocks the shit out of baggy clothes, and he still does. To this day. Michael will still wear baggy baggy pants with, like, the new Jordans that come yeah, out. Yeah, Which, to me, is like, why are you wearing cool shoes if we can't see them? But, like, it's Michael, so. It's, They're like, his, like it's yeah. his shoes. He can kind yeah. of... It's like Michael's shirt is clearly bad. Like he clearly, yeah. it is oversized. It's definitely five XL. Yeah, that he like doesn't need it to be. No, but, not at all. Um, but no. So that's the thing is like when it's the whole fit, like it's it's looking good and like and it, it kind of goes back to like John Daly and Tiger Woods. Like yeah, just because of who they are. Yeah, exactly. You kind of can just pull it off. Yeah, like Tiger Woods to me doesn't pull off baggy pants. Really? Yeah. Personally, I know we were just looking at it. Like, okay, maybe that's. What would you rather see? I'd rather see him wearing the stuff he wears now. I got you. Or like, just you know, black, or even if it's gray, just like, I don't know. I'm a big fan of slim. I got you. I got you. Big slim like guy. I like my my friend is like super fashion forward. He Mm. went to school in France for a couple years. He was like, yeah, man, stacking your jeans, like, isn't a thing anymore. It's like, that's the way I wear jeans, because I still wear sneakers a lot. Yeah. It's like, he wears, like, Chelsea boots all the time, uh-huh. and I'm over here wearing Jordans, so it's like, I'd rather... Speaking different language. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I like something slim that's going to still show off everything, and like, you know, I worked for my legs, a little bit at least, you know, show them off a little bit. I actually, I tapered these jeans. Yourself? Yeah. Well, not, I mean, I worked with my mom, uh-huh. but like, you know... I, I, you know, DIY. Put the work in. Yeah, yeah DIY. Yeah. yeah. You don't even talk about Adam Scott. Who cares about Adam Scott? Now, here's a big Phil's thing. Phil's Phil Mickelson. For those yeah. of you that don't know, Phil Mickelson is one of the most famous golfers of all time. Perhaps the most famous left-handed golfer of all time. At least yeah. I know of. Yeah. And he is known for a lot of things, but recently been known for one thing that I think is the most important. To all of his career, all the things he's ever won, I think this is the most important. And that is per- his calves. Yeah. His calves? Yeah. Scripted from, sculpted from rock. Yeah, is literally. Really quite, quite literally chiseled from granite. Like, as as a non-golf fan, yeah. I know about Phil Mickelson. Exactly. Cats. Like, it's it's just something else. And it's one of those things where it's like, you just don't see something like that very often. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta admire when it's, when it's there. Like, Phil Mickelson's calves could be put on Saquon Barkley, and he would have... Equal, equal pushing power. Yeah, it's crazy you say that. One, a stinky old white man who's like 50 years old. Yeah. Some just old white guy. Yeah. His calves could be put onto a young 23-year-old running back. Right, right. Who, unfortunately, his career may be continued to be plagued yeah. with injuries. But we don't even need to talk about that right yeah. now. Yeah. 
But what is freaking just a man like he's got the dad bod everything else is yeah. dad bod dad bod yeah. out he's got the belly but then yeah. the calves but the calves just speaking like, different language again it's like, like you know the people who always like you know you gotta say like don't skip leg day yeah it's like Phil Mickelson only does leg day exactly calf Phil raises Mickelson, all day yeah calf raises just nonstop like there's I guess this was happening when you play golf for fifty hundred years I guess that's it was like the first time I think I saw Phil Mickelson. Other than sports was like a ED commercial or something. <laughs> like I don't even remember what it was. Maybe it was a joint pain commercial. Yeah, because he's old. So it's just like yeah, my knees, arthritis, whatever. But like his calves are insane. Old white men can relate to not old white men. You say it's hard to come across these calves, but I bring up to you another professional golfer. His name's Kevin Kisner. You probably okay. don't know who he is, mm. but his caddy. Look at these. Okay. Just some absolute pythons of calves. Oh his, uh, it's funny that you say pythons because I think his calves are as big as Hulk Hogan's arms. For real? Like, like okay, why are they so here's big? The thing, though, here's the thing though, that guy is like, not to say he's you know overweight, but like that's chonky dude. He's, yeah, he's a he's bigger around. dude. Phil Mickelson, out of nowhere. Like Phil Mickelson's calves have no right being that big. This guy, you know, his his legs have got a lot of weight to support. That's true. They got to carry the frame. That's a yeah. good point. Like my 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 calves don't put much work in carrying my frame. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> so like I can I can only imagine Phil Mickelson has got to be throwing in extra like extra hours doing only legs. As something you've seen Parks and Rec. I've seen a couple episodes. Parts. Have you ever seen maybe a clip or a picture of Ron Swanson holding like a big chunk of meat? Yeah. That's what this calves deal. Yeah. Calf, this dude's calves look. Yeah. You see, like, it because it's so slim in his ankles, and then yeah, just a watermelon for his calves. Yeah. I don't understand. Um, I think it's probably like my head. Honestly, maybe definitely bigger than my brain. Yeah. Well, brains are not that big, but That's I get your point. point. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't. Uh, I, I just want to aspire to on this level. Yeah. Like, I don't think definitely. I'll ever get there, but. Like, yeah, I don't know if I want to get to that. Like, sure. I don't know. Like it's kind of scary. Like I said, I like my jeans sort of tight in the leg, but, <laughs> but uh, that would be something. I don't know. So, uh, I think That's moving on, um, just keeping it sports yeah. for now. Yeah. Dick Vitale. What are your thoughts on Dick Vitale? He's a famed announcer, perhaps one of the most famous announcers, definitely the most famous college basketball announcer yeah. of all time. What do you think? Here's the thing. I feel I feel bad because I don't watch like that much college basketball. Okay, okay. And I definitely didn't watch like any college basketball until I got to Butler. Okay. Or like until I got accepted to Butler. Because mm-hmm. um, senior year of high school, I was full on into Butler. I got in like October ish, so mm-hmm. full season. Yeah. Uh, I was in Butler, and that's when Keelan was Keelan was a senior. Uh, we were like. And we had such good spacing that mm-hmm. like Paul could shoot whenever, Nate could shoot whenever. Um, so I don't have too big of an opinion on Dick Vitale. That's fair. That's I fair. Don't pay then let's expand it to more announcers. I was Who, gonna say, like, what, what kind of is he like a Stephen A. sort of? Nah. College basketball. Good. Good. I don't like Stephen A. I'll put it out there. Don't like Stephen A. Really? Yeah. Not my guy. Like at all? Not at all. Why is that? Cause okay, he's one of those people that just you know puts on. He he'll say the most outrageous thing to get the biggest reaction. Yeah. And I hate that. They're like, 
like my my biggest my best example I guess is with Kristaps Porzingis mm-hmm. when he got drafted Stephen A called him a bum he said it was like the biggest waste of a draft pick he's terrible yeah and then uh, like he doubled down he tripled down multiple times preseason in the NBA yeah said how trash Kristaps Porzingis was and then he was one of the best players that the Knicks had seen in a long time and and Stephen A was just like oh you know he's a great guy he's a great player it's just like you you can't trash talk a guy for six months and then all of a sudden you're just riding him like I, yeah I we're, so we're both in sports media yeah um how like you mentioned the fact that people like that he's just so over the top and crazy yeah he's a it character annoys, it annoys me too but also at the same time you you know that he has to do that for yeah. for views how, right. like, that dichotomy to me is like I, I struggle with that personally because I don't want to have to scream and make outlandish statements right. just to be on TV. Right. That's I agree. But like they have to. I don't yeah. know. Why I, I hate I'm with you that I hate that the setup, like I can't blame him for doing it because mm-hmm. I know why, but I hate that he has to. Yeah. Like I hate that the system that we're in right now is just like you have to say something crazy, you have to say something so over the top. Uh, that that's what gets ratings. Yeah. It's like, why can't we have good content? Like, I'd rather see someone dig into Chris Porzingis and tell me why he's so bad and go look at his, like, footage from Latvia yeah. and tell me why he was a terrible first-round draft pick uh, rather than having someone just, you know, say he's so bad, so bad, so bad. You and know? then him just turn out and to then, be so yeah, good. And, and then you just flip on, one, flip on a dime. Exactly. That's the biggest problem. Exactly, right? yeah. It's hard to admit you're wrong on national television, but like when you make those strong opinions, you're going to be wrong. Right, exactly. You have to swallow your pride and then admit you're wrong. Or people, like, or I guess like how Stephen A just did it, just switch sides and act like nothing yeah, happened. Yeah, just don't. And just don't address it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so do you, know is, who, do you know who Dick Vitale is? You recognize him at least? Maybe? I recognize him. I like, but I mean, I couldn't tell. Was he what a, do you was think? He what do you think? At some point? Probably. What are, your, what, are your, what are your impressions? I mean, impressions just picture-wise, he seems like he's sort of been there a long time, sort of like a Vince Scully sort of thing. Very much so. That, like, he's been doing it since he was young, and now he's, like, the guy. He's um, kind of like a, looks kind of like a glazed donut. Yeah, a little bit. I can see that. Spent um, a little too much time in those studio lights. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to be in a position where someone can say that. That's a good point, actually. Um, yeah, I do think it's funny he's been bald since, like, the 80s or 90s, but... Oh, God. Wow. We don't, we, we don't we, need to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, let's get over that. <laughs> let's get oh, that picture. He's looking rough. Yeah, he's getting he's getting up there. Um, so yeah, I mean, big respect. Like that guy's, you know, currently he's looking like he's doing what he's doing. What's his phrase there? Is that, there was a picture that has his catchphrase on it. Um, that was it was a little bit lower. You're awesome, baby. I don't, know. I don't think that's his catch. I don't know what his okay. catchphrase is. Yeah. Um, he so. Let's transition a little bit from announcers into okay. like big announcing moments. Yeah. What are who are some of your favorite announcers and like your favorite now na- like announcer moments? I guess. Wait, favorite announcers? I'm definitely biased, but that's fair. Uh, that's John, totally fine. John, John Sterling. Oh, okay. Yeah, John Sterling of the New York Yankees okay. radio network. Um, is he a guy that just? Because I don't know who he is. Yeah. The guy so that's been he's there been, yes, he's been there forever. He's the guy who, um, like. You know when Big Poppy was making fun of the Yankees saying, the Yankees loose. Yeah. So that's that's who he's mimicking. Okay. Is John Sterling does the, the Yankees win. Like, okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, 
And then I think he, so he's the guy also for the Yankees at least is famous for having just like nicknames for everybody. Mm-hmm. A bomb from A Rod. Uh, when Mark Teixeira was on the Yankees, you're on the Mark Teixeira. It's like how gross is that? Yeah. But it's like as a fan, you're totally into it. Yeah. Um, his, his he has one for John Giancarlo Stanton that I still do not like. Uh, it says Giancarlo no stipo no stipo stuparlo, and oh what I've been to- yeah, it's gross. That's like terrible. it's gross. What I've been told is that it means you can't stop Giancarlo Stanton in some language. I don't know if it's Italian or Spanish. I doubt it's Spanish, but um, yeah. What's it's his name? John Sterling. John Sterling. I, I aspire to be John Sterling. So then, so then with so, John Sterling, what are some of your favorite announcing moments? Whether it's with him or Mike Breen is obviously yeah. a famous one. Mike Breen is great. Mike Breen's the bang for bang. Of course. Yeah. Seth Curry from yeah. downtown. Yeah. From downtown. From way bang. downtown. Um... Yeah, he's definitely. Let's see. It's it's hard to tell because it's hard to say exactly like moments, but his calls of like the Yankees win. Okay. Like that. I'm, I'm so ingrained. It's got to be so ingrained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now. yeah. Um, because like regardless of what network we're on, because if it's if it's postseason, mm-hmm. then it's on some national network. Yeah. But they'll always go back and play the radio broadcast. From uh, from the Yankees, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's always his voice. Uh, he's been the voice of the Yankees for a long time. What's his name? John Sterling. John Sterling, yeah. Um, so and like he's he's one of the voices that I attribute with like my childhood. Um, he called five thousand and sixty consecutive games from nineteen eighty nine right. to twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind crap. of guy we're talking about. That's I the kind of guy we're talking about. Would you want to have a role like that where you get into like a radio and then you're just there forever? Yeah, actually. That's, that's what you want? Yeah, I would love more than anything to be uh, one team's specific announcer. Be a Vince Scully or John Sterling. Vin, yeah, or Vince Scully, um, John Harry Carey. Yeah, exactly. I would love more than anything to be that for some team. So if you're hiring, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> looking for, yeah. If you're looking for a, a guy to take over when he's 20 and you know retire when he's 90, it's me. Right so, here. when you think buzzer beaters, okay, of any kind, of any kind, what comes to mind? Because for me personally, I got yeah. the I got the red white pinstripes on. Feeling Indiana. Exactly. The most famous and memorable uh, buzzer beaters for me was December tenth, two thousand eleven. Okay. IU was playing Kentucky. Okay. I am at my sister's basketball game, volleyball game, something yeah. like that, at my high school. I'm with two of my. Two of my guy friends, two of our girlfriends, mm-hmm. uh, just in our middle school lobby because the TV is on in the lobby and we can see it, even though the, it's, the lights are on, right, but the TV is on with the yeah. game on. Yeah. We're there watching it. Yeah. It's getting down the wire. It's a close game. Uh, and then 5.6 seconds left. They inbound the, bound, the ball, yeah. inbound the ball to Fidel Jones, dribbles down the court, off a screen from Cody Zeller, down to like the elbow, yeah. takes it to Watford for three. And cash it. Yeah. Every single time I see the clip, I get chills. I remember exactly where I was. As soon as it went in, we ran through the hallway, through the entrance of the game, through the concession stand, yelling and screaming. Yeah. People told us to be quiet. That's awesome. But it's the biggest sports moment of my, of maybe of my life, at least I remember watching. Yeah. What is that for you? Okay, so I didn't get into basketball until much Doesn't later. Doesn't have basketball. But, okay, but I do have a couple for basketball. Okay. And like... 
I don't know why exactly, but uh, so Vince Carter when he was playing on the Mavericks, okay. that buzzer beater oh. against the Heat, I think. I yeah, I, I don't know. If it, I don't remember if it was in the finals or if it was in the conference finals. But Vince Carter's buzzer beater, he's on the Mavericks, he's fading away in the corner. Like, there's no, there's absolutely no way Vince Carter should be taking this shot. Yeah, why, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, Dirk Nowitzki is on this team, one of the greatest players of all time. One of the greatest clutch shooters, one of the greatest, probably, probably the greatest Maverick in the history of, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, yeah. Lucas maybe get there one day, but as of, as of September, or October 25th, 2020, Undoubtedly, Dirk is the guy for the Mavericks, and he's on this team. And he, I don't know if I think he's in the post here. Well, we can um, just watch it. He comes, yeah. fades to the top. Vince Carter over was that Manu? Yeah, over Manu Ginobili, who's not not a not a bad defender by any means. So you're, why does it go to Vince Carter? Is, right. this, is your, this is your favorite uh, buzzer beater, at least a basketball buzzer beater. This is memory? this is okay. This one and the Paul Pierce. Uh, when they asked when he was on the Wizards against the Hawks, did you call game? Did you call? Uh, did you call bank? I called game. Like that was probably the first year that I watched uh, NBA playoffs adamantly. This one, yeah. Um, Paul Pierce hits this triple. He's triple covered, and Kent Bazemore comes over at the end just yeah. to try to swat it. Look, double coverage. Oh my god! And, like oh my god! And like. Arms out. Yeah, and he's he, this is he's way past his prime at this point. Like, Very this much is, damaged old goods. Yeah, like this is old man bones, like Paul Pierce. But it's just it's so clutch. It's so clutch. It's like I think that they say the clutch gene is forever, and I do believe that. Yeah, I do. I do too. Um, Unfortunately, with Paul Pierce, he did have at one point have personally one of the biggest hot takes of I think in sports history. Yeah, uh, said he was better than Dwayne Wade. And then Jalen Rose. With that, but yeah. You wait. So who do you think's better? D Wade. Okay. Yeah. So and then Jalen Rose just went to torture him on national TV. Yeah. You remember seeing that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what Paul Pierce is on. Yeah. I'm kind of a Celtics hater though because of Dwayne has been on the Heat forever. And yeah. They had great battles. Yeah, that's fair. Who's like your biggest? Who do you, who's the person you hate most in the history of sports? Oh, man. That's a big um, question. That's a big question. And the the hard thing is that I've learned to respect so many people on the Red Sox. Yeah. But like I would have gone like David Ortiz or like I don't even know who else. Like Manny Ramirez. Like that's the thing is like I love Manny. Kurt Schilling. Yeah, well maybe. Kurt Schilling's kind of an ass, but um <laughs> but like I mean he's an amazing pitcher. So yeah. like, you know Bleeding Sock, the whole Yeah. Thing. And like, yeah, did he beat the Yankees in the World Series? Sure, but like you know, I don't, I don't hate Luis Gonzalez for hitting a walk off like that's yeah. great, uh, especially for a team like the Diamondbacks. So mm. it's, it's hard to say. I really don't like people who just play dirty for no reason. Uh, and Damakin Sue is definitely up there. Yes, as opposed to just like goes out of his way to stomp on people. Yeah, like I hate that. Like Aaron Rodgers too. Like yeah, big like. I feel like it'd be too obvious to stomp on like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying yeah. you should stomp on I'm not on saying you should stomp on Matt Moore instead of Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. But like, like you're going to Yeah. Not why Aaron Rodgers. Why would you choose one of the faces of the NFL? Um, especially at that time, the face probably of the NFL. Yeah, so staying on quarterbacks. Yeah. You mentioned I hate Tom Brady. You hate, uh, okay. I hate Tom okay. Brady. Okay. Tom Brady is like a different different beast. Yeah. He is 
like the most hateable athlete I think of all. He's like time. he's like a Christian Leitner. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, have I told you I met Christian Leitner? You had, you did not tell me. No, okay. Christian. Well, I guess we'll delve into that right now because I think okay, it's kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, I want that story time. So it was my junior year of high school. We went to Washington D.C. for our trip, our AP World and our AP History class, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, just a normal D.C. trip. They do this every year. Uh, we were just going through our normal tour, and we went to the White House one day. And we walked around the White House, we didn't go inside because you couldn't or something. Yeah. Um, we went to a restaurant near the White House, and when we got there, it was just like a diner. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got there, there was like a little like documentary, mm-hmm. little short documentary on TV about Coach Krzyzewski and okay. the Duke team and right. Christian Leitner and all of those people. And I got my food, I noticed there's a really tall guy there. Mm-hmm. He had on like just a tight sock cap, so I didn't really know who he was. Yeah. Um, Keep him I'm not sure if my because I was with my basketball coach I'm not sure if he told me or if I recognized him or not but uh, somehow found out it was Christian Leitner and he was on the TV that's the biggest thing to me he went and said hi to my basketball coach and then as he was leaving I was by the stairs I stood up and shook his hand and asked you to take a picture with me he said no but I'll shake your hand I was very sad yeah but but he's also with his kids on a trip in DC that's fair see that's the thing that's like okay so I've met a, like a couple, uh, a couple athletes, mm-hmm. um, but there was one time that I had the opportunity to meet Zaza Pachulia when he was still on the Warriors, and I like the peak of his stardom, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, fame, and I chose specifically not to meet him because so my high school had uh, like a feeder school, so like okay. a K through eight yeah. and a high school. Um, and his kid went, I think his kid was in like second grade or something. And so there, the second grade. I guess you're from the Bay. Yeah, yeah. never mind. I got to yeah. put that together. I'm from Oakland, California. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so his kid was having their like second grade play or something. Mm-hmm. And so Zaza Pachulia is there. Yeah. He's seeing his kid. And so a bunch of my friends went to go meet Zaza Pachulia. It's like, yeah. but he's there with his kid. Like, yeah. I don't wanna, he, like, he's there like, having a great day. Like, I wouldn't want to, you know, I'm there to see my kid. I don't, I'm not here to sign autographs. Yeah, that's a good um, point. So that, I I specifically chose not to go say hi to him. I think you made the right call. I agree. Thank you. I think you made the right call. Um, I met Ronnie Turiaf. Okay. At uh, a Cal basketball game. Cal? Like? Yeah, like UC Berkeley. Okay. So I don't remember who we were playing. I think we were playing Utah. Um we got absolutely dis- destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my friend and I were there um, with our dads, and Ronnie Turiaf was, and I didn't know who he was, okay, because I did definitely did not follow basketball at that point. Yeah, but my cousin did, my friend did. Uh, I call him my cousin, and I actually related with him. I I've got some more people like that. Yeah. yeah. So cousin knew who he was, and he went, and so he had seen him earlier, and mm-hmm. I think he went and got an autograph. So and I was super nervous because I didn't know who he was. So I got my Cal basketball ticket signed by future, not yet, not yet former, but future NBA champion Ronnie Turri. Well, who did he put a championship? He was on the Miami Heat. Really? For, what? For at least one of their championships. I did not know that. Ronnie Turri was a bench player on the Heat. I don't think he got minutes, but um, wow. Ronnie Turri was on that roster. And did you still have his autograph? Uh, it's in my room. Yeah, it's nice. in my room back home. Um, Who else have you met? Anybody else really so met, you know about? Um, let's see. I so when I was in Little League, we had 
the contest to see who raised the most money. Okay. And if your team won, you got to take the field with the A's. Really? So, I, yeah, my team won. We got to take the field uh, with the Oakland Athletics. I was standing next to third baseman Scott Sizemore, uh, who I don't think is in the league anymore. But um, I had really long hair, like Tim Lincecum. You had a wild yeah. hair journey. Yeah, I have my hair's been all over the place. So that's there's Scott and in in the A's uniform. Um, so yeah, so I had really long hair, like flow down to the shoulders with mm-hmm. the hair. Great baseball player hair. Yes, definitely. Um, and it was sort of a windy day. Mm-hmm. So during the national anthem, I've got you know head on the hand on the heart and everything. My hair is flapping in the wind like Glorious the flag, hair. bro. Like the flag. Nice. So that was my Jumbotron moment. Um, so I've met Scott Sizemore. I wish I could see that. Yeah. Just it young Chuck. So, like, it was so awesome. the barbarian hair. Honestly, sort of, sort of a peak of my, of my life. <laughs> uh, so I've met Scott Sizemore. I've met Ronnie Turiaf. And then... I got a... No offense. Yeah. All so far middle level athletes. No, I'm not it. impressed I at all. Love it. I so love it. here's the most impressive one. I met Steve Nash. Wow. Okay. Because we were on the same flight to Los Angeles. Ooh. Yeah. So it was really funny because we the Warriors had a game that night. Mm-hmm. I was pretty sure, or it just had a game. Um, and I'm I'm going down to LA to see my best friend who lives down there. From from the Bay. No, he's from. No, we're from. Yes, I'm flying, flying from from, okay. from Oakland to I'm from from Oakland to LAX. Okay. I get to my gate nice and early because I'm a responsible flyer, um, and then I see this guy sort of walk by pretty fast, mm-hmm. but like walks by my gate, and I was like, let's see, that, he looks like someone that I should know. <laughs> yeah, he looks so, like someone familiar. And then he ended up doing a full circle, walked back past my gate again, and mm-hmm. I see him coming. So I was like, actually looking at him, like that's Steve Nash. Just I definitely had to do a double take. I yeah, yeah, that. I definitely did a double take. Just. Is that, is that Steve Nash? And then he's on the phone and he's keep walking, so I haven't stopped him or anything. Mm-hmm. And then I guess instead of doing another full lap around the airport, he walked back and he found out that my gate was his gate. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets on right before we board, um, and I was I was boarding in like the B class. Yeah. Because um, I'm me and he's Steve Nash. So he's sitting on the aisle front row. So I walked on the plane. Spot. Not a great spot for a celebrity. Not a great spot if you're a celebrity. That's like the worst seat to have possibly. Yeah. Um, so walking by, like I'm walking in and I just, it was like, that's Steve Nash. And I was like, hey coach, or like, cause he was uh, an assistant coach for the Warriors, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, I don't want to take up, you know, too much of your time or anything, but you know, it's not every day you get to see one yeah. of the goats just walking around. Yeah. So, so I shook his hand, talked to him a little bit. He said, thank you. You know, it's very nice, quiet guy. Um, shook his hand and then I sat down and the guy who I ended up sitting next to, I was like, you know, I don't think anyone else has noticed, but that's Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, oh yeah, we know. Oh, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm just a fanboy. Nobody cool. else cared, I guess? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. So, um, so that's my biggest celebrity, my biggest athlete. Mm-hmm. I've met with Steve Nash. Um, but yeah, other than that, not very famous people that I've Steve met. Steve Nash is a big one, though. Steve Nash is a big one. He's my friend met Ricky Henderson at a frozen yogurt uh, shop in Oakland. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think Ricky Henderson's still in Oakland? Yeah, I think Ricky Henderson. I think he at least has a house in Oh, God, like, right? Maybe, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine he at least has a property in Oakland. I feel. Our field's named after him. 
better. He's got to be better than Luke here. Um, I feel like a lot of the people. I, well, I have an experience with David Robinson. Okay. I didn't. I unfortunately, yeah, it's a close story. I okay. brushed elbows with him, kind of. Yeah. So I was at a pumpkin patch with my family up okay. in South Bend. Yeah. Um, and we'd been there like the whole day. Uh, and I, I, my sister went in the car to take a nap, and then I went in the car to take a nap as well. Mm-hmm. When I went into the car to take a nap, somehow David Robinson, well, his kid was a wide receiver on the Notre Dame football team. That's okay. why he was there. Okay. And he ended up taking pictures with everybody, all my family members. I came back out because um, I was bored in the car. Oh, I missed it. And he was outside of he was on the outside of the pumpkin patch. I didn't want to like climb the gate and go run up to him, talk to him because like right. I was going too much out of my way. Yeah. And I, I regret that nap every day to this day. Yeah. Wow. Tragic. What a time. What a time to take a snooze. Tragic. Yeah. I don't really have any other stories other than that. Though. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of things. I mean, I've definitely met people in passing. Yeah. That, like. Uh, so like, uh, did you listen to Green Day ever? Yes. Uh, so his son, Joey, uh, and Jacob both went to my middle school. Okay. So I've seen him multiple times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've said hi to him a couple times. I wouldn't say I know Billy Joe Armstrong, but I did go to school with his kids. So, so it's like kinda, kinda sorta. Like, you have a relation to him. Yeah, right? I have a connection. If Jacob Armstrong remembers who I am. Uh, from the one year that we went to school together. Yeah, and, uh, You know, I could have some sort of connection there. Um, Did you go to school with any other famous kids? I mean, you went, you were, so you were, you went to school in a very yeah big area. I didn't go to school because, okay, I transferred to the my middle school in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. If I had gone there since kindergarten, I would have gone to school with Zendaya. Whoa! Because she went there. Yeah, Zendaya Coleman. That's her last name. So she went. Zendaya. So so she left in like the middle. So she, I think. Now she's. I mean, how much isn't she older than us? Not much, but yeah, I would say like two or three years. Yeah. So she, no, she full on graduated from uh, from Redwood Day School. She's twenty four. Twenty four. So she's three years older than me. Um. So yeah. So when. I guess I would would have been in fifth grade or sixth grade maybe when she graduated, mm-hmm. uh, and then I came in seventh grade. So she yeah, so she left like or maybe honestly she might have left after her fifth grade year because I think that's what it was because I think my friend had her as a buddy in like second grade or something. Really? But yeah, we did like we did buddies in mm-hmm. uh, in our school. So I think it was like second grade buddies or something. My friend Darius had Zendaya Coleman. Damn, um, that's crazy. Yeah, so I, I went to the same school that Zendaya went to, not at the same time. Because I think she transferred to like an arts school Something for middle school and high school. Yeah. So, yeah, so I could have went to school with Zendaya Coleman if I went to the school that I ended up going to. I wonder what it's like to, to go to high school with somebody that ends up be- becoming ridiculously famous. So, okay, um, I went to high school, I went to middle school with a girl uh, named Maya, okay. who is now on Spotify at MXM Tune. I don't know if anyone, if any of the, the fans out there have heard of uh, MXM Tune. Doubt it. Oh, Tune. Like yeah, this. Oh, one. this chick? Yeah. I saw her on freaking TikTok. Yeah. She's a huge TikToker. Uh, big TikToker. She does, she's, uh, she was on tour before, um, before COVID hit. Um, well. Yeah. You know her? Yeah. Her? Yeah. Would you know her? Would she say hi Chuck if she saw you? Or she, uh, she would say hi Charlie because that's what I went by. Whatever. But yes. Yeah. No, we were. Um, wow. 
I went to school there for two years because uh, I came in seventh grade. So seventh grade and eighth grade, and then um, we were in eighth grade. We were in a band. We were in the school band uh-huh. together. We had a school rock band. Mm-hmm. So I've I've sang wow. with MXM tune. That's cool. I've sang on stage with MXM tune, feature recording artist. She's awesome. Whoa. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and she's in she's in a Taco Bell commercial, I think. That's crazy. Yeah. That's definitely a claim to fame. Check her out. That makes them tune. Big That's hype. crazy. Yeah. Okay. So we've been talking for like 50 minutes. Yeah. Keep it on 50 minutes. You want to kind of round it out, I guess, with things that have been going on on Butler's campus? Sure. We'll, yeah. we'll talk we about can, this and then we can finish it with something the feel good, the feel good yeah. articles. That's what I have to feel good articles. Yeah. We'll talk about this. It's going to be a little more serious. Yeah. But it's something I want to learn more about and talk about. And yeah. Chuck happens to be heavily involved. I would say heavily involved, right? Yeah, uh, I'm not as involved as I was. I'm I'm Jewish, by the way. So, so can, a lot yeah, can of you have to talk about? Can, is, can you is, give a? We'll just get into it. Can you give a brief involved. overview of the issues and things that have happened? Yeah. Like try and go in chronological, so, chronological order where it came to where it started and how it's gotten to where it is now. Yeah. Because so, I've kept up with a little bit, but I don't know the whole story. Yeah, I don't remember if it was freshman year or sophomore year. I think it was freshman year. There was um, like. There's, I think, like, SGA let this group called SJP, which is Students for Justice in Palestine, okay. do a, like, take over the Instagram for a day, which we didn't know about. We didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. They had never told us that we could take over the Instagram for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't know about that. We is referring to Hillel, which is the Jewish, uh, the Jewish group on campus. Um, so we didn't know about it. I was on board at the time. We were really shocked. Um, and so we had, I went and talked with the then vice president, Malene Peterson. Vice president uh, of, of, of SGA. SGA yeah. And SGA is the Student Government Association, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. so uh, here on both campus. Yeah, so she was vice president at the time. She was also my RA. So it was, you know, somewhere I felt comfortable reaching out to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked with her about it because there was no intent of like making people feel you know, scared or, yeah. you know, uh, unsafe to be who they are on campus. Um, but the way that it came off was that, um, like, just that SGA was already sort of leaning towards, like, anti-Israel, mm-hmm. uh, anti-Israel sort of propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, because SJP is... I mean, Students for Justice in Palestine, which is largely at a national level, funded by Hamas, which is a terrorist organization. Okay. Um, so that's not great off the bat. Yeah. Also, it's mostly made up of um, a lot of white people who feel really passionate about the underdog and mm-hmm. you know want the you know. There's a lot of people who have a I, lot of opinions. Who I would say no offense, but is this your opinion or is this like the... the what, I, what I've seen on social media and like, you know, videos of Jews getting attacked for being Jews on, yeah. on campus is a lot of white people yelling and throwing rocks, um, quite literally, mm-hmm. uh, and occasionally, you know, or I want to say more so now it's metaphorical rock throwing, yeah. but definitely used to be legitimate rocks. Yeah, um, yeah. So... A lot of people attacking Jews on campus for being pro-Israel, um, mm-hmm. and that's because just, of this or before this. Evening? Before this, um, and there hasn't been any big violent acts on Butler's campus, thank God, and I hope it stays that way. Um, but then sophomore year is when we really start to get into it. There was 
uh, a pinkwashing event, which is basically um, just trying to fill people's minds with the propaganda that Israel is terrible and we need to stop uh, supporting them. And the big, the big way that they do it in America is through BDS, which is called, which is boycott and divestment sanctions. Okay. So trying to get it legally. Uh, legally done, legally passed, that the U.S. should cease all aid to Israel, don't buy Israeli products, you know, all that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Which, you know, if you guys don't want to watch Avengers, because Scarlett Johansson is Jewish and pro-Israel, you don't have to, but... Oh boy. Um, you know, if you guys want to watch Avengers, I just want to tell you that you are supporting someone who is pro-Israel. So, any any SJP students who watch Avengers out there, sorry, you're already pro-Israel. Um, you don't believe your own stuff. So, um... So, yes. Whew. Let me get a breath here. Yeah, you're um, good. You're good. Uh, I would be amazed. I, 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 when so, something like that happens, sorry, just yeah. a quick little side note. When like, something yeah. like that happens where people have beliefs and they believe, they like something that they don't know disagrees with their beliefs, I never know how to feel about that because yeah. I think I that they should, be, I think they should be aware about it, but yeah. also at the same time, I'm not aware about it. So, yeah. But I guess if you, if you care about an issue a lot, you should then learn right. as much as you can so about it. Like if you're if you're really big into like uh, I don't know like anti like if you're really anti-gay which I hope you're not but like the example people are yeah or let's say you're you're really pro LGBTQ there stuff you go. and you go to Chick Fil A all the time that's a, that's you're true. supporting anti LGBTQ people that's true that. so it's a conscious decision that I think people make and like I'm aware that meat is like not great for the environment but mm -hmm. I also really like red meat so like it's a hard thing to break yeah um, back to back to uh, Israel anti-semitic stuff seems sophomore year so sophomore year there was uh, an SJP hosted event that was all about like in educating people on how terrible Israel is. Yes. Um, and there's there's an actual definition of pinkwashing that I don't have uh, on hand. We can look it up. Um, and so the big problem, we didn't have a problem that SJP was hosting this event because they're allowed to. Oh yeah, it's a theory that Israel is like super anti-LGBT. Okay. Um, which you know, so is Palestine. Believe a lot of them are. Yeah. A lot of areas are. Yeah. Um, it's also not true. Okay. Like it's a theory that's not true. Okay. Um, so it's a conspiracy. Yes. Because yes. it's not real. Um, mm -hmm. So the big problem that we had was that uh, SJ decided to co-sponsor the event. Yes. Um, and the big issue that we have there. Why? Is why? That, sorry. Why uh, is that a problem? SGA is the Student Government Association. What right. makes that a problem? So the really big issue with that is that they're taking a position politically mm -hmm. on that. Like it's a, it's something that's gone back. Like if we want to count the Bible as like legitimate history, which some people it is, some people it's not. It's a big whether or not it's but fact or not. It's a it's, piece. It's a, it's a piece of literature that right. is very prominent in history. Right. So the conflict between Israel and Palestine, which I can get into the whole reason that we call it Palestine if we want to. Um, so that that conflict has been going on for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Yes. Um, and currently, it's a very hot political topic because the Palestinians are sided with Saudi Arabia, who is also to some lengths and further down the road sided with Russia, mm -hmm. and Israel is a U.S. is a uh, American ally. So if we 
if Israel decided to attack the Gaza Strip, which if it wanted to, it could wipe it out in a blink, but we don't because mm -hmm. we don't want to kill people. Um, if they did, it could start World War III. So this becomes a problem with SGA supporting so that because it, yeah, the magnitude. Because, right, because the magnitude of the situation and that like they should, in my opinion, they shouldn't take a position on it in either way. Mm -hmm. I don't want, I'm not saying SGA should be pro-Israel and the fact that they're not is why I'm mad. I would love for them to be pro-Israel, but that's not the point. Yes. The point is that they decided to take a side on a political issue that they have no business being a part of. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, they made all of the Jewish and pro-Israel uh, students on campus feel very unsafe about being here. Mm -hmm. uh, because it showed that they, like, as SGA, as a representative of Butler... And students at Butler. And students at Butler uh, is anti-Israel and would like to see the eradication of my homeland. Um, so, do you... I, this is a question I came up with when yeah. thinking about this. Yeah. Do you personally, as a Jewish person yes. on Butler's campus, yeah. you feel... Do, have there been times where you genuinely have felt not wanted and unsafe on this campus? Personally, no, but I think largely that's because of the situations I put myself in. Okay, fair. Um, and because I'm not a super political person as it goes. Mm -hmm. And so like Ben, I don't know if you know this, but Ben Biagos, who we lived with last year, is Palestinian. Yes. Like I think his mom is half Palestinian. I'm not like, totally sure, but I know he is. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if, if I was a super political person, mm -hmm. I could have taken an issue with that, mm -hmm. but like Ben's awesome. So, and I, I can't, so you would have came, you would have came to face, face the issue, it was a non-issue. Right, okay. exactly. Um, and so I personally don't put myself in a lot of positions where I go like protest the pink washing event, mm -hmm. which happened, and I'm glad I didn't go because uh, it didn't go well even like for Jews in, mm -hmm. in terms of what was happening. Uh, but that's that's a story for another time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I personally haven't, mm -hmm. but I also, like, I, I literally walk around, it's, I don't know if you can see it really, but I have a Star of David tattooed on my arm. Mm -hmm. um, I'm proud of Israel, I'm proud to be a Jew, I'm proud that Israel still exists. Um, you know, if the need be, I would fight for that. What have, what have the conversations been like in your Hillel group so, about this issue? Yeah, the, the issue is mostly just getting SGA's sponsorship off those, uh, the, the events that were happening. Mm -hmm. um, and so going back to what happened sophomore year, we contacted SGA with a well-written letter. I uh, believe I remember this, but yes, yeah. go on. Um, so yeah, we contacted SGA, well-written letter of explaining why we felt it wasn't appropriate, how it made, like, you know, how Made you feel as a group. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they responded, and they being President Sam Barry, because I don't feel bad about calling him out, um, he straight up said, no, we're going to do it, and, you know, instead, you guys can, you know, host things, and we can, you know, we'll sponsor those or something. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. How did that make, how did that make your group feel? That made Hillel feel like we didn't matter. Even even them offering to sponsor your events and in, in, in I think it's kind of balance out the issue. They yeah, they were saying I don't I don't actually remember if they said that they would do that, mm -hmm. but that like they said that they wouldn't take it off. They they wouldn't address they weren't addressing your problem. Yeah, and we yeah I don't remember if 
I think I remember coming out of that the plan was that we were going to have a bunch of events and make sure that they sponsored us. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if that happened. I don't remember what SGA's response to that was. But yeah. what I remember is that SGA said, no, we're going to keep doing this. Sorry, sucks to suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of just solidified their position of being anti-Israel, um, which isn't beneficial for me at all. Uh, and it's just like, it's one of those things, it's like, why do you have an opinion on it? Uh, and so this year, we were having another, um, there was another event that was sponsored, that was hosted by SGA, that or no, it was hosted by SJP, that was co-sponsored by SGA. Yeah. So Again, the same, same thing that happened freshman year? Right. Similar at least? Similar. Uh, or no, it's uh, sophomore year. Sophomore, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, um, and this time it wasn't a specific, quote unquote, specific anti-Israel um, event. It was like how to boycott safely, how to protest safely, since a lot of protests have been happening. And so yes. the general idea is how to teach people to protest safely. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think in itself is a good message. Yeah, which, yeah, exactly. In itself is a good message. And that sounds like, I don't have a problem with SJP having the event because yeah. they're allowed to just like I'm allowed to have a pro-Israel event. Mm-hmm. I can't say that they can't have that event. Like I'm not, that's not what I'm here to say. Exactly. Um, but the fact, but the it comes, fact it comes that SGA, SGA sponsored it again. Yeah. After you guys had said something. Right. After we had said something last year, and then we said something again, and then we've had people in SGA meetings this year, uh, and there was a motion pat. There was a. Uh, something that was passed that was talking about um, like how to protect against um, people feeling like they were unsafe like Mm -hmm. how people were feeling the way that we were feeling uh, when you know you have people of different political views having an event like that yeah Um, and it had a definition of anti-Semitism that mm-hmm. really was not addressing the problem. Okay. Um, and so then we had a petition with over a thousand signatures mm-hmm. um, to get um, the definition of anti-Semitism changed in that um, in that specific uh, resolution. Okay. I think it's the word. Um, and. They, uh, SGA chose not to accept the definition uh, that we selected. Is that where they sent out that email with all of the their their stance on anti-Semitism? Yeah. Okay. Um, this was like this was about five or six days ago, yeah, right? Yeah. A week ago, a week ago, I think. Somewhere in there, not too long ago, just a yeah. couple of days ago. Um, and then, apparently, so when we had our. Um, most recently, what happened? I, I'm listening. Keep yeah, talking. No, I got it. Uh, most recently, what happened was that they decided. So, with the with this issue of adopting a different um, uh, adopting a different definition for anti-Semitism, um, they decided to table it until next year. So they're not even going to address the issue until next year, mm-hmm. um, which hurts personally. Um, just that, you know, they, they recognize that there is an issue and instead of actually dealing with it, they're like, well, we'll push it off for next year. We'll get something figured out. Um, there's just been a large, a large feeling of being let down, um, by by Butler and by SGA from Mm -hmm. the Jewish perspective, uh, from a Jewish student's perspective. Um, and that like, 
Um, one of our board members, one of the Hello board members, yes. Lauren Carrier, put out um, a post on her Instagram, and largely what it was is just like SGA and Butler can do better. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I don't have a general problem with this school other than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that if they actually took the time and you know the effort to work through it, that they would be able to come up with something that everyone would be satisfied with. Yeah. Uh, and instead of that, they've chosen to put it off and not, not even think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how... All of these things considered, the initial issue, then the reaction, and yeah. then their, the re-sponsorship of SJP, um, and where we've gotten to now, how would you, Chuck Levine, as a, as a, manger, as a member of Hillel, mm-hmm. and Chuck Levine as a Jewish person and individual, yeah. suggest this event be moved productive, productively forward in a positive way? Yeah. Personally, I would like to see the uh, adoption of the IHSA um, definition of anti-Semitism, okay. which we can display uh, if you choose to. Yeah, it'll be on the screen somewhere probably between us. Yeah, um, so I would like to see that because it is uh, a much better definition than what SGA provided of mm-hmm. anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Um, and as as a way to you know, if anything does cross those lines, yes, is presented here as a solid place of this is what happened, this is what they did, and this is why it's uh, this is why it's anti-Semitic. So, mm-hmm. um, that is one thing that I would love to see. And personally, I would love to see uh, SGA not co-sponsor any political events because. Uh, especially on super divisive topics. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think generally there's a, a pretty solid feeling of, you know, anti-racism and pro-gay rights on this campus. Yeah, I, like I would agree. Most people, I would definitely agree. Most people feel that way. So yeah. I don't have a problem with SJ sponsoring, you know, uh, an anti-racist or, um, you know, a pro-LGBTQ person yeah. talking about gay rights. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on really like hot button issues, um, they should definitely would, be a little would, more careful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. At least be more careful. And personally, I would like to not have them sponsor events on either side because okay. it's not their issue to choose sides on. Okay. Because I under like I and I know personally how it feels when they choose the other side, and yes. so I wouldn't want that to happen for you know. Like, if there's a Palestinian student who felt really uncomfortable on campus because Butler said that they were pro-Israel, mm-hmm. like, that would suck. I know how that feels. I don't want them to feel like that. Um, because they're a student here just as much as I'm a student here, and they should feel accepted just like I feel accepted. Um, but, you know, since they've decided to sponsor one side and not the other, that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Personally, as, as a Jew, as, as an individual, I would like to see a removal of SGA sponsorship from hot-button political topics. Okay, I think that's a good step forward. Because um, it seems to me, uh, I'm, I'm outside of this issue, mm-hmm. uh, but viewing it from outside, as I think most Butler students have. Yeah. But, uh, I, now that you've explained your side of the story, I definitely get it. I think that there should be, whether they decide to speak on these issues or sponsor events on these issues or not, it should either be equal or not at all right because the fact that they have sponsored only sjp events 
um, does indicate they feel a certain a certain way about the issue. And when they're supposed to be a student body organization, they when they do something like this, they it seems to be specifically neglect certain certain areas of students, which can lead to them feeling outcast or oppressed against. Yeah. I don't know, just any any different yeah. negative term in their direction. So I definitely hear where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good idea for moving forward. Uh, do you have any other top comments on the topic? I mean. Not unless we want to go down like a deep rabbit hole of why they don't actually have a claim to the land, but I don't think that's what this is for. Yeah, so. I think if we were going to do that, we would have to do a whole episode about yeah. it and whatever, and I would get even more confused. Yeah, so well, let's, let's not go there. Yeah, um, um, I think we should probably round the episode out yeah. then. We're going to finish with two feel-good articles, uh, just to liven spirits up a little let's bit, do it. break let's the do tension. It. Let's do it. So, first one here. Family builds candy pulping for a safe trick-or-treating. Now, I thought this was particularly interesting. One, because catapults are cool. Yeah. Also, if I was a kid, I would have loved a candy pulp. Yeah, that sounds cool whether it's COVID or not. Exactly. Like, you're launching candy at me? If I'm, I, like, I might do that when I'm an adult, just sit on yeah. my porch and be like, hey kid, try and catch this. If I was that kid, I would love to stand on the sidewalk and try and catch a Hershey's bar in my mouth. Right? I love that. That's cool. We could talk a little bit about, about um, Is that you do have holidays. To, I was going to say, do you have a favorite Halloween candy? Ooh, a favorite Halloween candy. Like, if we want to keep it to chocolate bars, we can do that. But. Ooh. Um, I'm a big fan of the Reese's Halloween or holiday candy. It's just the peanut butter to chocolate ratio is so much better. Mm-hmm. It's so gas. Like yeah. the, the trees, the pumpkins, and the eggs. Yeah. So good. So that's probably, it's kind of a boring to pick because I think a lot of people think that, but that's my pick. Yeah. No, I'm with you though. Reese's Same work, same there. Yeah. What's, then what, 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 let's go second tier. What, what do we think? Second thinking? tier. I'm a big fan of a classic crunch bar. Yeah, crunch bars are good. Snickers. Uh, Snickers are classic. My family is a huge Snickers really? family. Like they're my dad's favorite candy. I like when, Twix too. Man. Yeah, whenever, I enjoy sometimes. I'm gonna have to I'm disagree with you on that one. On that one, I'm not a big fan of almond joy or um, mounds. Uh, mounds either. Yeah. I don't like mounds. But uh, did you ever go to like when you're trick or treating? Did you ever get like full candy bars or anything? Was yeah. there, did you know like the good house? So so here's the thing, my neighborhood, not really. Like there wasn't anyone who had better, you know, anything than other people. Yeah. But my friends, their neighborhood had the hookup? Oh yeah. Some yeah. solid some solid stuff. Damn. And there was like I think when we were in like fourth or fifth grade, there was a new neighborhood that was like like all new renovations mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I think it was a gated uh, gated community. And it was the first Halloween that they were, you know, everyone was living yeah, there and stuff. Yeah. Those people were loaded. Damn. Um, they had some like full size, like king size Hershey bars. That's the shit. I always remember that the excitement. Like once you, so when I, when I was in Halloween, or I was doing Halloween when I was little, we would always go from like neighborhood to neighborhood. Yeah. And we'd like make a stop at the nursing home to see my great grandma and all that stuff. Um, and I remember whenever you get to go to the nicest neighborhood, I was always so jacked. So hyped. So, so hyped. I had already been eating so much candy. Yep. We were about to go to the best neighborhood, get the best candy. Just the, the most excited maybe I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Although, there were, even though Halloween is my favorite holiday, I was sick three Halloweens in a row. Damn. It's <laughs> really tragic. Damn. I don't know how that managed to happen, but it did. What's your favorite holiday? 
Are we talking just like American holidays? Any holiday. Okay. And then if it's if it's a holiday that I haven't experienced, right. I would love to hear why it's your favorite. Okay, so American holiday. I mean, I was gonna say like Thanksgiving is I mean, just sort of uh, like a go-to. Yeah, um, hard to beat. Hard to your face beat. with good food. Yeah. Um, and even though I don't like turkeys very much, um, it's still, exactly. It's like yeah, you don't that's, need, it's a you part, don't need it's, that. It's like a staple of the meal, but it's not the it's whole not, meal. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Thanksgiving is great, also because of the way that I've spent my Thanksgiving since I've been in college. Mm-hmm. Um, freshman year, I was in Bloomington because my best friend's grandma lives down there, mm-hmm. and so his family all flew in. Nice. So I was spending Thanksgiving with you know, my best friend, his grandma, their whole family. Um, so that was really cool. And then sophomore year, uh, I flew out to see my sister who lives in Boston. I remember this, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I got to spend, and that was like, that was the first time I got to hang out with my sister and her husband by myself and like Ooh, as an adult. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so they're like, oh, well, you know, what, what kind of beer do you drink? And I was like, People are gonna buy me beer now. All right, I get to have my own beer for a week. This is great. I've loved growing up with my siblings and yeah. becoming like friends with them rather than just siblings. It's yeah. so nice. Yeah, I'm definitely same with my parents. Yeah, I'm definitely like definitely I'm definitely friends with my oldest sister, like, mm-hmm. much more than I'm with like other family members. But um, yeah, and then this year I'm not sure yet what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So. You know, if anyone has an the open door's bed, open. if you guys have open beds uh, and you're cool people, hit me up. <laughs> uh, Chuck Dylevine on Instagram. <laughs> I need somewhere to sleep. Okay. Hopefully eat. So Christmas holiday? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Right, so Forum is really fun. What is that? Uh, so it's the one where we celebrate when the Jews didn't die in Persia. When um, didn't so, die? Yeah. Well, that's all of our celebrations. Is they tried to kill us. It didn't work. Uh, let's eat. <laughs> So it's the, we survived every, every exactly every Jewish holiday that tried to kill us we survived let's eat <laughs> that's it that's sort of the basis for every Jewish holiday so so Purim is when um, there's Esther who is a young Jewish girl who gets married to King uh, Ahasuerus is what I've been told is his English name okay. Rosh is what it is in Hebrew I love the I love the Hebrew names the <laughs> yeah yeah the phlegm so yes. so so Esther is married to the king, but the king's, uh, the king's, oh, what is it? Like, not secretary, uh, advisor. The king's advisor is this man called Haman, or Haman, mm-hmm. pretty close. Um, and he is plotting to kill all the Jews. Okay. Uh, so he, Yikes. he used these two dice, he rolled the dice, to pick a date. And that was the date they're gonna kill all the Jews. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Trusty system. Trusty system. So, um, it always worked for him. So I guess. Um, so that's that's that setup. Uh-huh. And then Mordecai, who is the uncle Mordecai, Mordecai uh, yeah. who is the uncle of Esther, um, hears Haman plotting to kill the Jews. He tells Esther. Esther tells the king, and then the king is like, "Well, who's doing it?" It's like it's your guy Haman. So Haman had a specific uh, a specific tree, which is. Uh, the word for where people get hung. Um, okay. Like where the nooses are. The hanging what, tree. Or yeah, the hanging are. tree. So um, he had a specific tree set up for Mordecai. Mm-hmm. And when when uh, King Achashverosh found out about it, 
he hung Haman in that tree that was meant Damn. for Mordecai. That's a flex, honestly. That's a flex. Um, and during, so for that holiday, we have the uh, Megillat Esther, which is also called the Megillah. Uh, okay. And so the story of Esther. And so we read, we read through that whole thing. And every time that someone hears Haman, we have noisemakers. Oh, shit. And we boo the shit out of them. <laughs> and Haman, boo. <laughs> like, imagine, we're soccer guys. So imagine that, you know, do you, I don't think you hate Messi, but as a Madrid fan, if Messi's taking a pen or Neymar is yeah. taking a pen when he's on Barcelona, when Neymar's taking a pen against Real Madrid, and you know, any, anyone sitting behind the goal is just They're making, going crazy, making yeah. the most noise, the most yeah. emotion possible to try yeah, to yeah, distract yeah. them. Yeah. That's what we do anytime they mention Even though Haman's been dead for hundreds and thousands, hundreds, maybe, 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 thousands, maybe, of maybe thousands of years. Boo! Um, so is that why it's your favorite then? That's one of the reasons it's my favorite. Now that I'm 21, my favorite, my actual favorite reason is that traditionally, this is an actual tradition. Okay. You are supposed to get so unbelievably shit-faced uh-huh. that you cheer Haman and boo Mordecai. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're supposed to get so drunk you're supposed that to get so drunk. Yeah, you're supposed to get so drunk that you think the bad guy is the good guy. Do people do that like consistently? Yeah. So nice. at my synagogue every year, people bring like whiskey and sake and like all this stuff works. yeah everything there's just like the most alcohol you've ever seen on this one table in the back and people just shoot like Damn. all night it wait is, so when is this so i don't know what the di- it's usually in i want to say like april or march or something okay but it goes by the hebrew calendar when, what's it called so again Purim, p-u-r-i-m P U R I N. Yeah, 2020, early 2021. Yeah. February 25th. Yeah. Big day. Big day. Big drinking day for Jews. Um, what, what, what's another good holiday? Or is that your favorite one? That's one of my favorites. Hanukkah is up there. Classic. Jewish Christmas. Most famous. Most famous. Really holiday. Yeah. Um, thank you, Adam Sandler. Yes. Um, also, thank you, Christians, for having. Uh, Christmas presents because Hanukkah is not at all about gifts. Yeah. Where Hanukkah, the story of it, we're celebrating that they tried to kill us. I think it was the Greeks or the Romans. Uh-huh. I think it was the Greeks came in and they ransacked our temple. They had pigs walking around, like turned it into a total slop fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had oil that was supposed to last for one day yeah. and it, or one night and it lasted for eight nights. Which is where the eight days of Hanukkah come from. That's okay. why it's that long. Uh, so we had to keep this one light, which is called the Ner Tamid in the temple. Mm-hmm. We had to keep it lit at all times. It stays lit in every temple across the world, twenty four seven. Mostly, I think ours is electric, so that might have a little cheap. But anyways, anyways. So still, still do it. So yeah, so that's that's what we're actually celebrating, and then we beat them with uh, our. Uh, Maccabee army, if you guys have ever heard the story of Judah the Maccabee. Have not. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's one of my favorite Jews because he has the best middle name of all time. The. The. Uh, the. That's pretty good. Yeah, That's pretty right? solid. Um, so, and like Maccabees just as a thing, like as a word has turned into so much for like the like soccer teams, like the sports teams in Israel, like Maccabi Haifa, which mm-hmm. comes from Maccabee. Maccabi. Uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv um, is a, one of the best Israeli basketball teams. 
uh, Gilman, and I think I saw Maccabi Haifa Warriors preseason game once. Just uh, really yeah, interesting. They were in town, you know. So <laughs> my, stop by. my rabbi, who happened to be my uh, one of my really good friends' dads, took me, him, and his brother, and one of our other friends. Mm-hmm. Great time. Um, so that word has become so much in like current Jewish and like uh, Israeli culture, mm-hmm. sort of. It's just like that's definitely definitely up there. I don't know. Holidays are cool. I'm hopefully going to be celebrating St. Patty's Day this year. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Probably not because Corona too early Mar- mid March. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a little Irish. I'm like mm-hmm. half or a quarter. Bigger. I think it's quarter. Irish, correct? I don't no. know. It's uh, German or Ukrainian. So where's your, where's your Irish tie coming from? So my mom's mother is Irish. Okay. Yeah. I think it's German, but Levine is a Jewish name. Yeah. Wow. Surprise, right? Yeah, right? Isn't that, isn't that some weird? Um, yeah, so hopefully St. Paddy's Day. That's the reason that I would really cheer for Ireland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. FIFA yeah. only plays the Irish national team. Um, so those are your favorite holidays then? Yeah, I'd, I'd say those are probably... Those are pretty good. I do love the idea that all of your holidays are from just surviving. Yeah, all of the holidays. We made it. They tried to kill us. We survived. Let's see. Whereas, like... I mean, I guess American holidays, Chris, Christmas is Jesus survived, so I guess yeah. that's kind of another one. They tried Jesus to murder is, Jesus, and or no, he's born. What am I talking about? I'm yeah, Jesus. That's, yeah. Jesus is born, triumph. Yeah. Even though they kicked him out of the hotel. Right. Um, <laughs> Easter, Jesus is back. Right. Uh, but it's never like we all survived. Yeah. I don't know. Jewish people have been persecuted forever and ever. How do Jewish people feel about body piercings? Not good. Uh, so traditional, it comes from the Bible. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a line in the Bible that says uh, like you, that you shouldn't alter your body. Mm-hmm. But specifically what it says is that you shouldn't be putting like, and this is more about tattoos, mm-hmm. um, that you shouldn't be worshiping or putting any symbols of worship on your body that aren't, because like we're not, we're sort of with Muslims that like God doesn't have an image and so you don't want to create an image for yeah. God. Yeah. Um, so, um, we, it's like, they're really against tattoos, but my parents already know, so it's too late. Uh, but like, I'm not, if with this, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. How do you feel about that? I don't care. Okay. I'm going to be dead. It doesn't really matter. That's true. That's your point. Um, we're all going to the ground anyway. So with that being said. But they don't, yeah, they don't love piercings. They don't love tattoos. They don't love dyeing their hair unless you're going gray. <laughs> okay, so they wouldn't feel good about a German man who sets record with 516 body modifications. No, they wouldn't. They would not be a fan of this. Not a fan. So let's say you're not Jewish. Yeah. What is one body modification for purpose or for hilarity would you get done? Are we talking like piercings or Anything. Like, you could this get, dude you has could, horns. You could get okay. horns, you could get a tail, you could get a penis enlargement surgery. You could get your nipples pierced. You could get breast implants. I mean, hey, you could get new calves if you want for Nicholson. I mean, hey, so uh, what, so what, what, what's your go? What are you thinking? Because me, I like it. My, my nips pierced would spice it up a little bit. Not a lot of guys have their nips pierced. I don't think I can do it. I got, I'm so skinny, but. You'd be, you'd be, oh, dude, it's so sensitive. I like, I have a couple friends that have pierced their nipples and like, it's so sensitive. And like, we don't have any protection from rubbing up on whatever shirts that we're wearing. Like, 
Yeah. I heard it's like one of the most painful things ever. Not yeah. ever, but. I don't think I would pierce my nipples, but <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I was really like this one wrestler and he had a lip piercing. So I always thought about. Like on the side? Yeah, I always thought about getting a lip ring on the side. That'd be nice. I, I, what do you think about like the bowl piercing that's on the game? I hate that. You think you hate, hate the bowl piercing? piercing? I don't like the bowl ring. I don't, I don't like it. I love the little studs. I mm -hmm. love. Dude. Nose piercings are good. Nose studs. Nose piercings are solid. Very good. Even a nose ring. Yeah. Like, if it's it's yeah. a good, just a good accent. It's, yeah. a, it's not the whole face. It's yeah. just But like, if there's something something hanging out from your nose, it's a little gross. Yeah, it can get a little distracting. I've seen yeah. some people that I don't mind it. It just kind of depends on the person, I think. Yeah, that's fair. It goes just like what kind of vibes you give off. If you yeah. got the the cool like hippie like yeah. If you're with it, you can do pull it off, but I think yeah. it just varies. Cause like I definitely want to get more tattoos. What do you want to do? What do you think your next one? Next one's gonna be? Uh, my next one is probably gonna be a box of Scooby snacks with okay. the Scooby Doo collar wrapped around it. Uh huh. Cause so over the summer, uh, one of my one of the a person who's now a really good friend mm -hmm. and I reconnected over the summer by watching Scooby Doo on Netflix together, just like FaceTiming and watching Scooby Doo. Yeah. yeah. Um, like almost not every night, but like often, often, yeah, definitely, right. definitely every weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is meaningful for me in that way. I wanted to get something like uh, tribal in New Zealand. Okay. I, I was I was going to study abroad in Australia Rip, next yeah. semester. Rip. RIP. But yeah. um, so I wanted to go to New Zealand while I was in Australia and get a tattoo when I was in New Zealand mm -hmm. because that's where the culture that I wanted to get the tribal tattoo like in the style of that's where they're from mm -hmm. the Maori culture which if you guys if anyone want if anyone watches uh, rugby and you've seen the All Blacks do that's the haka yeah so the All Blacks are New Zealand national team mm -hmm. they do the haka which is a war dance yeah. yep. um, that comes from the Maori people mm -hmm. um, who were apparently not the like Aboriginal people from New Zealand but they killed the people who were the original yeah. New Zealand you get power somehow, I guess. Yeah, you know, it made it work. Um, so, Not a cool dance. Yeah, so I wanted like a full tribal sleeve because I think that stuff looks awesome, but mm. I don't have the muscles for it. Uh, I'm also white and not from New Zealand, so I feel like they wouldn't be super into it. Yeah. But like I looked into it and it was like the general opinion from what I was able to grasp was like if you're doing it respectfully and not because it looks cool, like if. Are you telling them, what are you doing it for, Chuck? Are you doing it because it looks cool? Partially, which is why I haven't mm, done it. How much percent? Below or above or below 50? Oh, below 50. Okay. Uh, definitely below 50. But, like, the culture is something that I've always been really interested in. And like, New Zealand culture? Yeah. Okay. And, like, uh, Pacific Island culture generally. And Lord like, of the Rings, you want to be a hobbit? No, that oh, is. Okay, uh, okay. That was filmed in New Zealand. It has nothing to do with New Zealand. Yeah, you know. But, like, um... At a risk of making this like an unserious moment, uh, Moana, like the character of Maui, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, that is an actual, like that is a demigod in their traditions. Yes. Um, and the hook, which actually I wear a hook necklace every day. Wow. Um, because of that? Not because of Moana, but um, <laughs> I got it when I was in Hawaii. Okay. But so like, it's an actual myth in mm -hmm. their culture that he, Pulled islands out of the water, um, and like he 
like he used the, the hook to pull everything mm-hmm. together. Um, and so I really respect the shit out of, uh, out of cultures that are able to stay alive like that. Yes. I know for sure that like things have gotten lost in translation for Jews. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine, uh, you know, another culture like that, um, like staying so connected to its history and its heritage. So I really respect that. And like all of the things that I wanted to get, like I know what the symbols mean, I know what they represent. I wasn't gonna get like a turtle or anything. Yeah. Because I'm not a super aquatic person. Yeah. Um, and you wanna get something that means something to Chuck Levine. Right, something that means something to me. And so like there are a lot of things that's like about uh, being a warrior and being mm-hmm. strong. Um, and so like initially the Jewish tattoo that I wanted to get was gonna be a Star of David on a shield with a sword behind it. Because mm-hmm. like of the same sort of warrior uh, image and like being prepared to fight for my beliefs yeah. um, and like protect what I pre- protect um, the values that I have and the way that I think so like in that mind I was going like I want to go for that does it look cool absolutely mm-hmm. do what I think that it looks cool yeah was the first time I saw it on a wrestler you're goddamn right <laughs> um, but like I don't know I've learned so much more about it that the cool factor isn't really what it's about for me I like that. I got to transcend. Yeah. It's become more of an important thing to you rather yeah. than just cool. I don't think... I thought about getting an eyebrow piercing, like an eyebrow ring, but okay. I, I don't think that I could rock that. You know, Chuck? Really, I think your style is... It's definitely on the come up. You got you got some style now, but I don't know if the eyebrow piercing is in the bag. I don't think so. I don't know many people that have the eyebrow piercing, though, to be honest That's with you. It's That's a very fair. unique piece of jewelry. Yeah. Um... Any other statements? I'm happy to be here. This is so, thank you so much for having me. Of course, me on the of course. Uh, Second yeah. guest ever, big episode ten. Big episode number ten. Uh, I'm glad to have you, and we got to talk about not only have we not really talked much since we've lived with each other, and this is yeah. kind of what I would use the podcast for to talk with people that I don't get to see as much. Yeah. Also, I got to learn, and hopefully, the people watching got to learn. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a good episode. Yeah. I mean, it was a ton of fun. Um, I'm happy to do it again anytime you want. Handshake, like 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 businessmen. See, like we're genuinely, genuinely, we'll we'll wash our hands after. But genuinely, like I love Matt, and I'd love to do this again. It's super fun. Even if you just, even if you like, just want to talk about sports the whole time, I'm there. If you yeah. want to talk about just like life the whole time, I'm there. Like, damn, it's a ton of fun. Thank Matt, you. Matt is the reason I got into soccer, and the reason I like watch soccer now. Um, so like playing FIFA on Matt's PlayStation is the reason. And I getting beat every I, every single time. Literally every single time, getting absolutely <laughs> destroyed. But I did beat you with the Irish national team once at like That's two a.m. and had to not scream because everyone else was asleep. It did happen. Um, so yeah, anytime, anything you want to talk about, I'm here for it. Thank you so much. I will probably have you on maybe sometime in the future. No idea when, but I. Uh, I think that's it. Thank you for being my guest. Uh, again, I learned a lot. Um, I hope the people that watch me learn a lot. Um, and I think that's the end. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. We talked about a number of things from sports. Also, if you didn't understand the sports talk, I apologize. But also, not really. Like yeah. That's what I care about. I'm a sports media major. It's just a part of my podcast. Also, if you see those drawings in the background, this is supposed to be me and the other one is supposed to be Chuck. I think you did a great job on my beard and glasses. The Chuck one is pretty good. Mine is yeah. not quite like you me, but yeah. it's okay. You could have put more in the yours, but whatever. Um, it'll be what it'll be. I think that's the end of the episode. Uh, 
as per usual, I've been your host, Matthew Stein, and he's been my temporary co-host, Chuck Levine. Happy to be here. You've been fantastic, and uh, I'll see you next Tuesday. New episodes every single Tuesday. See ya!